Good morning and welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Skeptical Podcast. I'm Nathan and joining me today is Craig. Hello. And Susie. Hello. And we have email feedback today. Yay, lots of feedback. So much <laughs> feedback. Oh my God. We can't cover it all. We can't. Oh no, we can. Just. Um, right. So a couple of things from the Facebook page. Uh, last week's word of the day or possibly the last month. The last month or the, last, or the month before was jactitation. Uh, Mark Hanna says, if jactitation is a false claim, then perhaps a false claim on the internet could be referred to as an ejactitation. For example, <laughs> ew, someone ejactitated all over this website, <laughs> which I think is absolutely fantastic. Um, however, um, Steve Taylor says, uh, if he remembers correctly from QI, the false claim referred to by jactitation is specifically falsely claiming that you are married to someone. And the other was jiggling about in bed, perhaps because of that. Steve wanted to know, read the dubious cupping device. How does it know that it's on a leg or a breast and therefore to attack cellulite or in, or affect enhancements? Can breasts get cellulite? Susie. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. that, that, that is I the most <laughs> elaborate way that anybody has ever said show us your tits. <laughs> Uh, uh, remember, we have a policy for that. We have a policy. So I did not. And that was not my intention, nor was it Steve's. Uh, innocent question, however, somewhat meaningless because obviously the, the device is rubbish anyway. So, uh, comment, comment noted, though. Um, and we got some actual um, email feedback as well from the contact form. Uh, Susan sent us a message. Hi, I am a long-time financial and food supporter. Of your po- where, where are our cookies? I know. I was um, just wondering that when I read that. No. For those who don't Susan, know, where are Susan the is my wife. <laughs> anyway, um, financial and food supporter of your podcast, but must admit, that's probably why she's not here, must admit to not actually listening to your podcast in its entirety for some years. Or indeed at all. <laughs> <laughs> However, I've recently been convinced to start listening again, so I'm working my way in reverse chronological order through the back catalogue. Which is a silly way to this do things. This is a ludicrous way of doing it, but never mind. Um, and my feedback would be, considering an episode barely goes by without reference to KFR, so the um, subject of the message was Ken fucking ring. The problem now, Susan, is we were going to have an episode without mentioning him. <laughs> well, that's what she says. Um, Who? Who are we mentioning? Uh, without reference to KFR, perhaps you could have a dedicated segment, The Ring Report, Literally ring fencing discussions about him. I see the idea being, there. I guess, yeah, ring, um, that people could skip it if they didn't want to listen to it. Um, I'm not even sure you guys recognise how many times you discuss him. He must love listening to your podcast talk about free publicity. Remember, bad publicity is still publicity. I doubt, I'm not I doubt sure that, that he counts. listens to us because otherwise we would have been sued by now. Yeah. <laughs> or both threatened to be sued anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that necessarily counts when you're talking about a sceptical audience because I don't think any of our audience is going to go and buy Rush his out and buy his almanac. Um, perhaps you could set yourselves a challenge not to mention him for two episodes in a row. Go on, I dare you. Okay. Anyway, keep so up the good work. Go, but, but keep up the good work. You guys have come a long way since the early days. Thanks, Susan. <coughs> and so have your cookies. <laughs> <laughs> we won't get them again. Well, I'm telling you, I'm saying they're really good. Yeah, you were, but you're saying that they were, they were bad in the past. Okay, so being, now obviously this okay, one doesn't so count. This ca- yeah, this episode doesn't count. So now Thanks, we've got another Susan. two months. Because she made really. us mention yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, No, it still doesn't count though. So next episode and the episode after that, we're not going to mention KFR at all. It's fine not by even me. by initials. Right. And but. I, 
But... But, well, then she sent some more feedback. Uh, she did. I'm going to go on to that one next. Um, but I don't, I don't think we do mention him that much, to be honest. It's just recently, in the last couple of, episodes, last couple of months, uh, he's, well, been, well, he's been doing fine. outrageous yeah. things. Let's so, just anyway. leave it at that. Um, okay, so this is the other feedback. Susan sent us another message. Hi, it's me again. Uh, I'm a few months further back in time, and I've got to say you guys have left me hanging. Many a time you have ended an article with it will be interesting to see with what it will be interesting to see what happens with this or that oh with this okay. or that many a time you have ended an article with it would be interesting to see what happens with this or that but no mention again for example I'm in the dark about whether Susie has fat gut flora time to review a few stories and see what happened I think keep up the good work and that's fair enough and i was actually intending um before coming here today to go back and listen to all of our old episodes but <laughs> that would take obviously you a while. that didn't happen um right. so it's it, i'll tell you what we could do is we could crowdsource it so if everyone listens to a couple of old random episodes and send us in the episode you listened to and what, what we, we left didn't. hanging or what we said we were going to come back to and uh, we'll go back and we'll do some more research because okay. why not? Right. Um, My theory of the podcast is that we are like a sitcom. Yeah. yeah. Because back in the <laughs> so you, when I was a kid, there's, there's I always no, used to watch these no sitcoms. canon or timeline or anything. Nothing. And, and amazing things would happen on an episode, and like, then the next episode they never refer to it again. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like, like where'd, the, that, where'd that new kid go? Yeah, or, <laughs> the new, the new or, child, or they come into a lot of money, yeah. and then you'd never see it again. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's so right. I'm skeptical that we will actually address anything. Okay, well, I can address this one. Okay, um, Susie, you've been tested. <laughs> and that is that I haven't sent off my sample yet. Oh. So it took absolutely ages for my little vial to come from um, from that crowd crowdfunding um, science project. Do you want to remind us what the actual thing was? So yeah, there was so an was article a, about... It was a huge um, project that was crowdfunded... Um, where you basically, for supporting the project, uh, you got a little vial and you basically could get your gut flora sequenced so you could find out what is in your gut flora. Um, and I it wouldn't raised... have thought you were vial at all, Susie. <sighs> uh, and um, it took absolutely months before I got my vial. They they were inundated. They got like yeah. hundreds of thousands of people supporting them. Um, but yeah, so I got my vial uh, and then I promptly ended up on antibiotics for some reason. I thought, well, there's no point doing it now. And then I haven't done it since. Um, so thank you for the reminder. I will go and sort that out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and send it away. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So we will try and do some revision. Maybe I can go back through some of the old agendas and have a look at some of the articles and see if that triggers any, any memories of stuff we were going to follow up. But just for the record... Um, if we say we're going to follow something up and come back and report on it later, we're not necessarily going to do that. <laughs> so don't get your hopes up. Well, Without being reminded. That, that, I admire your level of commitment there, Nathan. Yep. And honesty. Yep. Mm. One thing you get from me, it's honesty. Usually. Um, unless I'm being tactful. <laughs> That's waiting so for the never. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we've got something... Oh, no, there's nothing for the notice board, is there? Nothing interesting no. happening? Stuff we mention every month. 
Oh, yeah. Yes, but we were going to use this. <gasps> as dun, dun, yes. oh, I'm, being for, no, I'm being facetious on, because 5 so. to 7 December, Skeptics Guide and George Raab at the New Zealand Conference. And what's new about that, Craig? Well, the tickets are now <gasps> available. Dun, dun, dun. So Which you, you probably already actually... know about because this won't come out until the end of the week. And <laughs> Skeptics Guide just um, t- told everyone about it today. Yeah. And we posted on all the mailing lists and yep. Facebook pages We have spammed yesterday. everybody. Yep. Not so everybody, but we will have well, by the time this comes not out. Not literally everybody, but literally every person on the face of the planet is going to get spammed right. from us. Okay, so you can buy tickets. They are available. Hopefully reasonably priced. Um, so what are the prices? $195, $195 for the full registration, which covers Friday evening to Sunday afternoon, including uh, lunch... And um, snacks other and food and yep. stuff, but not the um, conference. But dinner. not the conference dinner. The conference dinner is a separate booking. That's eighty dollars, which will happen on the Saturday night. And in addition to that, if you want, you can also buy tickets to the Skeptics Guide to the Universe private recording, which is going to happen Ooh. after the conference dinner on Saturday night. So this is a, this is where the SGU get together in a hotel room or something like that, with a limited number of people. We're selling 50 tickets, um, and then you get to hang out with them while they record an episode. Apparently, there's a lot of fun. I can imagine. Um, so we don't have tickets for that up yet. We are just waiting for the event finder people to approve our ticket sale, but the link will go up so somewhere that is a fixed in the next cost few days. Yes, the fixed cost, so it's $60 per person. And Seems how many reasonable? people? 50 people. 50 people. 50 Limited people, to 50 people in a hotel room. Well, well a large hotel room. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I was originally I was originally saying we're limited to 30, but uh, no. Very Steve Newell said make the limit 50. Wow. Okay. So oh, everybody these guys better are experts be at having parties in yeah. hotel rooms. So okay. everybody better be wearing deodorant. Yes. Mm. Or if they don't, if they don't want to do that, there's loads of places. I'm sure we could just stick them in a room somewhere at the. Yep. University anyway. or so, something like that. I so don't that's happening. That. And they then come to my house, if you other, want. I mean. And then the other thing is that, as you probably know, the SU and George Harb are doing a tour of the North Island starting in Wellington on Monday, the 1st of December. And so, as part of that, we are selling tickets, or well, we're actually running an auction for the. Um, privilege of going having a special dinner with them on the night of Monday the 1st of December in Wellington. So you have to be in Wellington or willing to travel to Wellington on the 1st of of December um, and we're limiting that to 12 people. (coughs) So you can bid for a ticket to that on the conference registration website. The minimum bid is $75. Also seems very reasonable. You can hang out with the SGU. I mean, Jesus Christ. Not him, but... Oh, no, Jesus you. won't be there. Oh, no. <laughs> George Rabb will be, which All is almost right. as good. So, um, so, those are the announcements. And it's 195 is the full price. If you're unwaged, and it's, if you're unwaged 150. it's $155. So if you're a those student, are early bird prices. Oh, and there prices. is, if you happen to be a member of the New Zealand Skeptic Society, you will get a $10 discount on that. So the prices come down to 185 and 145 Excellent. Awesome. 40 145 you said 150. No. 195 for waged, 155 for unwaged, and then a $10 discount. So it comes down I'm to 150. I'm sure you just said 150, but never mind. If I Whatever. did, 
It was a mistake. It's, it's on 155. the website. It's on the website. It's on when the you website. go to forward slash register. Okay. Excellent. Well done. And okay, so tangentially related to that is um, Don't Be a Dick is the heading I've got here. Susie, you want to tell us about this one? Yeah, so um, one uh, a prominent skeptic her, uh, has just um, blogged on her website about some harassment that she um, she encountered at a science fiction convention um, involving a famous person and of which she um, kept quiet about and now she's no longer keeping quiet about. Um, so essentially this is um, Pamela Gay who uh, Was came to our conference, conference last year. year. Yep. And this has nothing to do with our conference. Um, she was introduced to a famous, famous person A at a bar. Famous person A was quite intoxicated and instead of shaking her hand, tried to grab her, ve- her vests. Her vests. Her, her breasts. Another person she just met, person B, intervened physically. And lots of excuses were made. There were lots of witnesses. But anyway, she moved on and she didn't say anything. Um, and now basically, and she's essentially ended up being threatened by this person. And it's all just gone a little bit kind of crazy and others. Um, and my point is that we have a harassment policy for our conference. Um, it is called Don't Be a Dick um, with a little star. And then it goes on to explain what we... What um, dickish behavior is. Yep. And Including so, but not limited to the following... Well, but she can go and read. Yes, exactly. But um, I, grabbing somebody's breasts would would be on that. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah. So we would like that if anybody um, is feeling in any way um, harassed or witnesses anybody who looks like they are being harassed, or even just then, uncomfortable. Yeah. Then you come and find me, Susie, preferably, I unless Susie is the one that's harassing you. But she's assured <laughs> us she doesn't do. <coughs> um, Yes. No matter who it is, even if it's a conference organiser, <laughs> still come and see Susie or someone else. Nathan. <laughs> no one said Nathan. I mean, anyway, let's get on with the news. <clears throat> so, the news. Uh, non-news, apparently, the GRB that didn't happen. And by GRB, Craig, you mean a gamma ray burst. Exactly. So, apparently, so what, what I happened to see... Um, Last night was there was this big news that there was um, a gamma ray burst detected uh, in the Andromeda galaxy, uh, which is actually our next door neighbour galaxy. Ooh! But being a galaxy, that's still a long way away. Uh, however, but if we were detecting it, that would mean it would be on well, its it would way be here something, or something or big. Very so something, some big spike of radiation, and so these right. things are generally bad. In that, if it happened close by to us, it could actually wipe us out. However, um, apparently this thing didn't happen and it was a false alarm, but the internet went wild reporting this as if it had happened. Um, and so the, the reason the reason it was a false alarm was apparently uh, there was a, a power outage at the Goddard Space Flight Center and the Swift Data Center, and so um, the actual data couldn't be analyzed by anybody but the people who originally saw it and so therefore it uh, didn't get the skepticism that it deserved right however just back me up here as a silly biologist so there was a there were so if this burst had happened we'd be dead no No. we'd be dead sometime in the future no 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 so we detected the we detected the radiation so therefore it happened at some time in the past and it has finally arrived here traveling at the speed of light right 
from the Andromeda Galaxy, which, according to um, Google, is no, 2,538,000 light years away. Okay. So this happened 2.5 million years ago. Okay, so 2.5 million years ago, possibly, probably not. Well, there n- was nothing a- happened, but, but yeah. if it had, then we detected it now, right? Right. And that's so, gamma ray burst, which is very, very bad for us. Yes. And if it had been an actual gamma ray burst and it had been big enough... If it had been big enough, could theoretically yes. have wiped out all life on the planet. Right. So the fact that we're sat here talking about it is also suggests it didn't yes. actually happen. Sure. <laughs> or that it wasn't, that it wasn't powerful enough. It wasn't very bad. Right. So, or we Phil might have Plate, been on the edge of it or something. Phil okay. Plate has said that for something like that to actually wipe us out, it would have to happen within... Uh, distance of 8,000 light years. Oh, oh okay. So it was never likely to wipe okay. no, us out. No. Okay. No. So, but according to creationists, 8,000 light years is the whole the, the universe. The whole universe, yes. Mm. Right. So somebody just got their sums wrong or something. What's well, something, yes, something lost power or something. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, if you want to know. So people have been uh, tweeting about it. The dangers of instant science. Hmm. Uh, it was a false alarm. Um Chain of evidence means wrong analysis produces wrong numbers produces wrong conclusions, and so on. So there we go. On Didn't the other happen. hand, if it had turned out to be real, you'd want to know about it relatively early on. Uh, well, you would. So you would you could sort of take advantage of the last few minutes. Well, I guess you you wouldn't you wouldn't know about it because it would have <coughs> already arrived. Well, yes. All right. Kind of, and you wouldn't have got the podcast edited. So. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so if you don't get this podcast. Um, we might all have been killed by well, yeah, something. Um, Some future future, future alien well. explorers who have unearthed this podcast. <laughs> we welcome our new alien overlords, future right. alien overlords. Okay, okay. cool. Moving on, because we've got quite a few to do. Uh, extinct animal found alive and well in New Zealand. And I have a problem with that title, being a linguistic pedant. Go on then. Okay. Well, it's not extinct. extinct. If it's well, alive okay, and well. Okay. So previously right, thought to be extinct. Yeah, it's sure. Craig. Okay, but it's also people Craig. like to write pithy headlines that aren't necessarily pedantically correct. I like to pith people in the face. So <laughs> <coughs> that's inappropriate behaviour. Oh uh, yeah, right. Uh, so yes, so there is this living fossil in quotes is a tentacled polyp called Protolophila. Protolophila. Or something like that. Uh, no, I don't think you can put a Polynesian accent on it. <laughs> that was completely <laughs> accidental. That wasn't me being racist, everybody. Right. <laughs> um, uh, and they were u- previously only found in fossil deposits in the Northern Hemisphere. However, they yeah. have actually found some um, in New Zealand waters. So they're actually not fossils. They're not fossil. Well, sorry, they're not extinct. Actually, what happened was they were discovered within Niwa's museum material that had been collected in New Zealand in 2008. Right. Right. But still. So they may well have gone extinct in the past six years. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, they're pretty tiny creatures, and um, so you actually need to look at them under a scanning electron microscope in order to actually see. You can go to ifuckinglovescience.com, and they've got a little picture of them. Well, indeed. A drawing. Presumably taken from a scanning electron microscope. Indeed. Right, anyway, so this was, um, they were conducting field work at Wanganui, or Whanganui, as it's more politically uh, correct. Have an H. Well, if you look on <sighs> Google Maps, it has an H in it. Oh, you want to go okay. and talk to the locals and see what they think about whether it should have an H or not. Google I think, Maps has got an H in it. Has it? Sure, that's not someone else. 
Somewhere, uh, you somewhere can, else. There's, there's an argument about which way it should be spelled. Apparently the W is wrong and it should have an H, and so ah, it's Whanganui. Whanganui, okay. Um, right. All right, anyway, so, um, yes. The point of the story. So this has been found. One wonders if this will become the new coelacanth. The coelacanth is a supposedly extinct uh, fish that actually was discovered again alive oh. and well living in waters and it's one of the creationist favorites right saying that well here's this creature ah, well, now, that see, was a supposedly a living fossil that is still yeah. alive and well that's a valid question are the creationists going to jump all over this and say oh scientists don't know what well about. lo and behold in the comments on the article uh-huh. yes they have prediction <laughs> anyway so that is that <laughs> First, well, first. finally, we have proof that the Earth is six thousand years old. The devil just hid all the animals we thought were extinct. Oh, this is a joke. Okay, yes. that's right. right. Um, and then the comment by... after that is: "Choke on dick and die slow while muttering your nonsense." <laughs> all right. Anyway, let's not read all those comments because there are a lot of them. <laughs> wow. Well, it was a joke, you dick. I'm eighty percent sure he's just playing a lot. Oh wow. Okay. Now, time for another news item. Um, Shaman jailed for 10 years Mm. Susie in the UK in the UK Juliet D'Souza who conned vulnerable victims out of almost 1 million pounds was masquerading as a shaman for more than 12 years and she has been found guilty and sentenced to 10 years guilty of impersonating a shaman or guilty of fraud (laughs) guilty of fraud Ah. so it's it's kind of it's just one of these like seriously guys so she posed apparently as a witch doctor and mm-hmm. she conned and um, gave her money. very affluent victims. So not hippies um, then? No, well, probably rich hippies. Um, it was kind of interesting what, how she did it. So she um, she essentially convinced uh, oh, apparently only 11 people. Wow, a million dollars. Um, yeah, a million pounds. 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 That's like two and a bit million dollars. From 11 people. To hand over thousands of pounds to solve issues such as curing terminal illnesses or problems conceiving a baby, um, so she said the money was this was a sacrifice that was be used as a spiritual offering and hung off a <coughs> sacred tree in the Amazonian rainforest. Mm-hmm. Some shamans yeah. she knew in the yeah. rainforest would then do a dance around the money, yeah. and then they would send it back, and all her their problems would be resolved. <laughs> but of course, she was actually spending the money on designer handbags and holidays <laughs> and stuff. And then these silly people gave her money, and it was kind of, I mean, some of them were really sad. So um, some woman who apparently she helped get pregnant, she then told she'd have an abortion because the baby was deformed. So this lady did. Um, She had, uh, what else did she do? Oh, it's just just bloody awful. Um, £170,000 to help somebody get pregnant. £42,000 to them from the mother of a 10-year-old with Down syndrome who she said she could cure. I mean, do, do oh, just like I'm really sorry to say this, but I mean, frankly, if these people cannot Google, like you know, Down syndrome, and mm. you know, it, 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 I know this is controversial, but you kind of I, I understand your frustration, uh, but well, it's good that she was taking sixty-nine thousand pounds yeah. to ward off the spirit of somebody's deceased brother. Right. Oh, save somebody's partner from a non-existent tumor. Oh, so so I wonder though how how this woman is different from your standard garden variety psychic who charges. Well, that's one well, of the things yeah. I was going to say is this is a fairly common sort of scam. Yeah, you tell people that their the... money is cursed and that if they give yeah. you the money, 
you will uncurse it. In some cases, they say, well, they will give it back. And what I don't quite understand about this is why the woman didn't take the money and run away. I mean, surely she, she didn't actually think that this, the Down syndrome child would be cured, inverted commas, because some people don't think Down syndrome needs to be cured. Um, yeah, why and, she, and why yeah. she didn't think she was going to get caught. Yeah, and well, it's, yes, that's an interesting point. As is demonstrated just about every episode of every sceptical podcast and every time one of these articles comes out, is people aren't sceptical. And it doesn't mm. sometimes take much to convince them to, to part with their money. And mm. <coughs> yeah, some, and you got, right, whether people, it's a little money, maybe even, you know, a little bit of money to some people is a lot of money, right? Yeah. So it doesn't actually So matter. I wonder, though, how she actually came to be prosecuted. I mean, presumably somebody had to complain, but surely... So she was convicted of 23 counts of obtaining property by deception and fraud between January 1998 and June 2010. So she did it for for over long ten time, years. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's, uh, someone paid 169,000 in total mm. from 1998 to 2004. Mm. So that's part of it, of course. Because if you're doing small amounts of money, yeah. you don't notice as much. Um, yep. Yeah, well. But that's that's nuts. Because it how do you nuts. go for that long without? And then I guess people get embarrassed, right? So they yeah, don't want to yeah, tell their friends too. and family that they're being yeah. mm, mm. they're being conned mm, by that's somebody. Just like the uh, uh, romantic scammers who are operating. Yeah. trying to get money off people for mm. yeah actually somebody emailed something around the university the other day as a yeah i can't believe i fell for this but i did and so that you need to know this is what happening yeah. and stuff so they at least admitted it and told everyone yeah. else that so there we go mm. people being dicks yes well idiots falling for stuff but it is kind of sad indeed and and it's probably a, per- a point worth raising is you can't judge the people these the victims of these crimes and you can't say well they're idiots because mm. that's the sort of thing that makes people not want to come forward yeah, as well you're right sorry so, full sympathy for everybody and if you've been well, well no they are they are idiots but you can't tell them they're idiots i suppose so. well it'd just be nice to you know i guess read it's obvious for us it because is, we're, right. we're on we're on this enlightened side of, yep. the, of the line if you're on you're the right. other side there are a lot of weird things that are just weird and you don't know why they're weird and so why why can't quantum physics mean that someone can talk to the dead? <laughs> Sounds stupid, <laughs> but only to us, because we know. Anyway, um, let's move on to the next thing, which is... Ugh, there's another um, person someone's going to complain about. Meryl Dory claims... Now, this is not a new claim. Well, um, well, well, no, it is... Well, apparently... Claims vaccines cause actual, shaken baby syndrome. Yeah, but the, apparently the claim that she made is new... So, at a conference, um, Meryl Dory was speaking. So, Meryl Dory is an <coughs> anti-vaxxer in um, Australia. Extraordinaire. Yes, she was the evil person, the in my opinion. Head of the um, Australian Anti-Vaccination Network. Yes, whatever, uh, whatever they're calling called themselves now. now. Vaccination skeptics. So, yeah, yeah, something like that. Something like that. Not, not real skeptics. Inverted yeah. comments. Anyway, so she was speaking at... Uh, a conference called You Can Heal Yourself, well, the You Can Heal Yourself Expo on Queensland's Sunshine Coast. And somebody asked her about um, SIDS, which is Sudden Infant Death Syndrome. So this is also known as cot death. Used to be known as cot Used death. Used to be known as cot death. And, um, and asking about whether vaccinations are related to that. So Meryl went on and talked about this uh, quack doctor by the name of Harold Buttram 
who came up with this theory that actually, um, well, crazy nutshell yeah, idea, yeah. Yeah, whatever, was um, actually uh, there is no such thing as shaken baby syndrome, and that all of the symptoms of that are actually caused by vaccination injury. Not just that there's no thing; it's impossible, <sighs> according to this expert, to shake a baby hard enough to cause that sort of damage without breaking their neck. Yeah, even if you hold the baby's head and body at the same time and shake them, that uh, uh, I don't anyway, know where to so, start. Anyway, um, so yeah, so Meryl Dory's a piece of shit. Um, this <sighs> actual claim was covered by Orac, who um, blogs on science blogs, back in 2012. Mm. About um, and he obviously wasn't talking about Meryl Dory then because she hadn't made the claim. But there are a whole bunch of other this is weird anti-vaxxers who have talked about this, and uh, so he basically takes apart uh, this uh, claim that so shaken baby syndrome is actually vaccine yeah. injury. And they so have that. actually the AVN, as far as I know, have actually made these claims before, but just not necessarily in such a obvious place, Blatantly. perhaps. Right. Right. Um, <clears throat> the best bit is questioner yeah blah 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 because the vaccinations always cause bruises as well as instant death Merrill says I don't have statistics but there is a book we carry blah 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 <laughs> and I think the person the article I read literally says yeah she probably could have stopped after saying I don't have statistics which <laughs> um, is actually the, the guy's question is do you have statistics on that or something um, so yeah um, Meryl Dory Piece of shit. Oh, I hate some people so much. Armageddon. Right. Armageddon measles, guys. What are you getting? Uh, I'm getting measles. <laughs> <coughs> are you getting it? I'm getting it. And for some yes, reason wasn't I that an Aerosmith song? Yes, it was. Not measles, per se. Um, thousands of people turned up to Armageddon. Hamilton, I believe, is it? Mm-hmm. Is um, the Auckland one been yet? That was earlier this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, like, Auckland still, Libraries was at it, at a booth. I was there some of the time. Didn't get measles, though. Um, thousands of people turned up to Armageddon to buy memorabilia and get autographs, but they may have got a case of measles as well. So what the um, uh, DHB, Waikato DHB, is saying is if you attended the Armageddon Expo in Hamilton on Sunday, there is a chance you may have been exposed to measles. Um, not because of anyone's fault necessarily. Someone uh, may have had measles and been been infected. Well, they did. Someone had somebody, measles. Someone, somebody sorry, did someone definitely had measles. had measles and may have it was been the, infectious. May have other people. Um, they, they were, may they were highly known, likely to be infected. May not have known about it at the time. So yeah. uh, they've been to a doctor since then and they figured out that they were at the expo. And it's a big expo. There's a lot of people come through, mm. these, um, through these things. You can sort of see from the photo there the sort of crowds they get. Yeah, and so, measles is highly infectious. You think they were dressed uh, up as typhoid Mary? Infectious as well. <laughs> it's airborne, right? So you can just get it just by standing next to people. Uh, yeah. I kind I of guess, said that well, in the article somewhere that if um, if you're just around people, yeah, it's close contact. Close contact. Mm. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing I saw in the article was that the DHB were saying that if you were born before 1969, which I was you're actually immune to measles. And I wondered why that was the case. Probably because everyone got the, the vaccine at that point or something. Mm, yeah, well, uh, that, I, I, that, I, that's what I assumed, is if you're younger than that, then you may not have had the vaccine. Possibly so. Um, Unless there was a, a different vaccine, it became it was just a one-dose vaccine rather than a two-dose vaccine. Maybe. maybe. So if you had that one dose, you were... Or maybe it's just people born um, before 
January 1st, 1969 are really old and they just don't care about those people and they can die. Thanks, Nathan. <laughs> no, oh, you know, that's pres- not why. Present company excluded, of course. <laughs> yes, I'm they an old Maybe more likely to have had measles. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. yes, I had measles as a child. Yes. Okay. So there you go. Mm. Um, call your doctor first. Don't just go in because um, you might spread it. Spread by tiny droplets in the air and is one of the few diseases that can spread so easily to those nearby. And they have a huge, well, a reasonable sized spiel about how immunization is the best protection and is really great and you should do it. Anyway, um, so if you have um, symptoms of um, fever, cough, blocked nose and sore eyes, then call your doctor. Call your, call your doctor. doctor, don't just go in. Because there have also been some cases of it spreading from doctor surgeries. <coughs> Indeed. And uh, we have a new segment, the insistence of Susie. Um, <laughs> and we're just calling it Shit Religious People Do, slash say. Yeah. Which isn't particularly catchy. But no, we'll, not we'll really. Figure no, that we'll out. figure it's that out. Shit but it's re- just there's a few stories that shit are... Shit religious people That do. I know they're just shit people do. Mm. But they're kind of they're wrapped, doing for religious in a, reasons. They're wrapped in a yeah. religious yeah. coat. Um, so the Reminds first me of George Rabb's religious moron of the week. That's the sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the first is that um, angry Muslims have declared a jihad on Cadbury's chocolates. <laughs> this is the best thing. Um, yeah. Because uh, what's happened is that in Malaysia... Um, uh, Cadbury's chocolates have have had um, traces of pork DNA found in some of their products, and so um, pork is obviously not halal for um, for Muslims. And so they're basically what they're claiming is that um, Cadbury's are trying to weaken the Muslims so that they'll be divided. Um, they have betrayed us Muslims by putting haram elements yeah. through the foods we consume in our body to, to weaken, weaken us. us Muslims. This is why Muslims are weak, divided. Yeah, another one says, because the person eats pork, it is difficult to guide him to the right path. When the day of judgment comes, that person will be wearing a pig face because of what he has eaten. We need to unite. We must declare jihad. So, forgive my ignorance, but why why do Muslims not like pigs? Uh, well, it's the, in the Bible, or it's in the but um, so, Holy so, so it's the same with the Jews, and I guess there is a... Um, there There is probably a parasitic link to this. So, in the olden days... Um, you know, pigs were, uh, were, and I guess, you know, they had parasites that it could make you ill. Trichnococcus or something, something like that. Something like that. That's with T. Yeah. So it would have been, you know, a long time ago, it would have, they would have, they would have been a, a, um, a food source that was uh, certainly dodgy to eat. Right. But it's one of these things. It's like, look, people, things move on. And... You know, that's not the same anymore. And God damn it, bacon yeah. butties are delicious. Oh my God, bacon exactly. So just, you know, anyway. So I had, because a, um, I had a rough moment the other day, a bit of a conflict. I, someone posted a picture on the fa- of their Facebook feed of bacon-wrapped asparagus. And I was <laughs> oh, like, oh my God, bacon. Oh my God, no, it's asparagus. Ah, but bacon. Uh, you can uh, just take do? the asparagus out. I couldn't. No, consume. you don't tell him that. This was one of our ways of getting some vegetables. I literally it? hadn't thought of that. Um, not that anyone was actually offering me any, um, but um, so it's just what crazy. Was the point and, I was make? and well, so oh, these, yeah. they're basically uh, calling for a boycott of Cadbury's, but even worse than calling for a boycott, they're kind of um, calling well, for a holy jihad. Yeah, jihad's worse than just a boycott. Ridiculous. Um, it's one I mean, of those articles that could actually be a spoof. Really, uh, isn't it? I mean, it's so ridiculous. It yeah. does kind of. I think if it was on the young end, it'd be a bit more obvious. But yeah. 
it'd be written a bit more obvious um to on one hand they kind of have a point um they're not allowed to eat pork and a chocolate well, there's, there's clearly been there to be no, a no, 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 and there's the obviously been a so, there's been a mistake because um, this because Cadbury's have a halal certificate in, um, yeah. Uh, so, it, so I guess where would it have come from? The fat, maybe I don't know. Possibly. It'll be. I mean, they're not well, putting they should, bits of pig into Ca- chocolate. Cadbury should just extend their, say, actually, their label on there so it may contain traces of pig. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how many things you can do with pigs. Have you seen this this image that's, that was going around a while back? Like you look at the. I think you should be on a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to change my search term to things you can make out of pigs. Um, I've heard this as an was one of the um, one of the old arguments for creationists and and b- biblical literalists who say things like, "Well, um, this just proves that the Bible is real and God knows everything because if you eat pigs, you can get this this nasty parasite, and so therefore." The advice in the Bible is perfectly valid right. until you ask the question, well, why didn't God just tell people to cook the pigs really well and <laughs> store them in a cold place? Wouldn't that have made more sense? Well, there you um, go. But there you go. Anyway, that's, so that's the that's first God's thing that well. silly people are doing. The second is kind of hilarious, which is the, the um, whether a Hindu guru is dead or meditating. Oh so when, God, you, when yes. I read this first... So it talks about this Hindu guru that's been meditating for a long time um, and um, it's thought he died of a heart attack in January um, but his uh, his followers, so his family say he died. Um, his followers say he's in a deep state of meditation. <laughs> um, uh, that requires has... him to be stored in a freezer. Yes, apparently. this was it. So basically <laughs> they've stored him in a freezer until... Until he's ready to come out. I mean, it's like, well, if he wasn't dead before, he's definitely dead yeah. now. And it's all about money. So I know this is not this is not really about the religion. Um, he uh, he apparently his religious order um, has an estate worth a hundred million dollars. Jeez, presuming U.S. dollars. Um, and so the obviously the family are like, yeah, we'll have that. And the followers are like, no, you won't, because he's not dead yet. He's mm. just in our freezer. It's like, oh, for goodness sake. Yeah. Anyway, he, yeah. Presumably a if really, really expensive before... freezer that mysteriously costs $100,000 <laughs> a day to run. Um, but he's in a deep medita- He's been in a deep meditative state stroke in the freezer since January 2014. <laughs> and he's being held in a guarded room on his 100-acre retreat where only a few elders and sect doctors are allowed to enter. Frankly, if those doctors don't realise he's dead, then they should be sacked too. Yeah. Oh, the court has dismissed it as a spiritual matter. And it's just like, oh, for goodness sake. <sighs> right. Yes. Anyway, the family wanted <coughs> to, to bury him. Idiots. Um, take money. Anyway, so that's the second story. And then the, the other two are just immensely sad stories. That are that are sort of more just about how shit life is for women in most countries. So a woman who's been stoned by her family for marrying a Christian man. This is in Pakistan, I believe. Well, one um, th- thing I saw about that story though was that apparently the man that she married murdered his previous wife because he wanted to marry her. Yeah. Uh, yes. Really. That's fine. The fact. <laughs> that's fine. That's, no, no, it's not fine. No, no, no. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's an extra thing that's, that's come out in the by. story. The point. My point is that in broad daylight near 
a court and apparently in front of Pakistani police, a woman was stoned, well, was basically hit with bricks and various other things mm. by her family for killing, for, for, for killing, for marrying a man and she was pregnant. And that just, that that is appropriate in any way. Ah, so apparently now the police are going to be, um, the police are going to be investigated. But I mean, it's all a load of bullshit, frankly. Um, so she married against her family's wishes. He was Christian, although it will tell you something about him if he's gone on and married, married his other wife. Um, so there's that one. And then in... Um, in um, Sudan, there's a Christian woman who has been jailed and sentenced, sentenced to death and jailed for refusing to renounce Christianity. Um, so, and they, they claim, so she was apparently brought up by her mother who was a Christian and her dad was Muslim, but she didn't see him or something. But because her dad is Muslim, the court are claiming that she was automatically Muslim. So she can't marry this Christian, but she did marry him and they have, they had a child already, a two-year-old or something. She's just given birth to their latest child in prison um, and had been sentenced to death. And so under the law, she will nurse her child until that child is two and then she'll be killed. Apparently they have just, there was something that they're going to renounce her death sentence. But all of this is like, people, what the fuck? What the fuck? I'm Perhaps just... that should be the name of the segment, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Because that's pretty much what all these articles come down to. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we have a new name. It's just you know. <sighs> yeah. So apparently her father left when she was six, and she was raised a Christian. Her mother was Ethiopian Orthodox. <sighs> um, and it's just like oh oh god. But it's I mean it's, it's more about how women are treated than a real religious thing. But I guess they use religion as the as the thing with which to beat them. Hmm. And um, it's just immensely sad. Yeah, but it also comes down to a mindset. So if you've got, yeah. the, if you've been indoctrinated in that religion and you believe it, then that's the way you run your life and yeah. treat it's people. It's amazing and, yeah. what can seem perfectly sane and logical yeah. if you're brought up with it, and it's just mm. the only thing you know. I mean, things like believing that the world is ten thousand years old, or that sick, some sicknesses are caused by demons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not saying anyone in particular may have believed those things in the past, but. So in addition Certainly to possible. her death sentence, she was convicted of adultery and sentenced to 100 lashes. <sighs> okay. Mm, um, anyway. Now, I don't know if you guys are interested, if anyone actually wants to know, but I found that article about pig uses for pigs, if anyone wants to know about it. Go on then. I'll read it out. If we run out of time, I'll cut it later. Uh, chemical weapons, ice cream, fertilizer, low-fat butter, beer, fabric softener, paintbrushes, fr fruit juice, shampoo, candle, bread, bullet, medicine tablets, washing powder... Paint tambourine. Tambourines? White. Tambourines made from the pig's bladder. Oh, okay. Wow. Uh, paper, heparin, heparin. 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 <coughs> Soap, corks, insulin, yogurt, cigarettes, photographic film, dog food treats, photodynamic therapy, moisturizer. We should look that up and see if it's something weird. Dog snacks, crayon shoes, train brakes, toothpaste. Train brakes? Train brakes. Bone ash is used in the production of train brakes. Wow. Alternative energy, energy bar, cream cheese, whipped cream, and sweets. There Forty you go. things on that list. So, um, so is it maybe some of the gelatin or something? That's gelatin used for... and um, skin and and bristles and things like that. Yeah, oh. most most of that stuff is sort of bone and glue and, and gelatin and stuff. All fat, fat. Uh, yeah. Okay. So there you go. Pigs are awesome, and it's really no point being 
halal, or what's the Jewish word? Um, kosher, really? Yeah. Hmm. So uh, that was the what the fuck religious people segment <laughs> Call science first LSD study in 40 years finds therapeutic potential so LSD lie crap um, it's in here somewhere never mind uh, everyone knows what LSD is um, scientific study often opens new doors of discovery but sometimes it reopens doors closed long ago so some experimental psychiatrists have published results from a controlled medical trial of LSD, the first that's been done in over 40 years. So back in the, uh, let's say, 60s. Well, 50s. 50s, yes. Yeah. Um, well, in several, uh, several, 1949 it started. It's 49, um, but from several studies in the 60s, the drug was found um, to reduce anxiety, depression, and pain when used in conjunction with counselling in cancer patients and so forth and so forth other benefits um, and of course research ground to a sta- ground to a standstill after the substance was outlawed in the United States in response to soaring recreational use so the idea uh, basically is that LSD may actually have um, let's have a look um, anxiety uh, reducing Potential anxiety, depression, and pain. And pain, yeah, right? Um, okay. However, LSD and our Craig, resident yes. scientist Susie has actually looked at the paper. She has. Had some I, can't, I can't make head or tails of the data, to be honest. <coughs> so they've ah, got a very so nice because um, because they they wrote the paper. So they uh, say it's a phase two double blind active placebo controlled randomized trial. They've got a little flowchart, a very nice flowchart that explains that they started with seventy patients who were assessed for eligibility, and then 58 of them were excluded for either not meeting the criteria or declining to participate. Um, so they, were only, yeah. left, nah, they right. were only left with 12 who they then randomized. Right. Um, so one group of eight people were given two sessions of psychotherapy with 200 micrograms of LSD and six non-drug psychotherapy sessions. Um, and then four were allocated to the... Um, to the what they're calling the placebo group which is 20 micrograms of lsd and six non-drug psychotherapy sessions and then they after so that's sort of the first stage um they then follow them for two months um and of the eight people who took the 200 micrograms of lsd um they only had six that completed the 12-month follow-up um, and of the four who took the 20 micrograms, um, then two of them, no, sorry, three of them went on to a second stage of the drug, uh, second stage of the um, test where they then had 20 micrograms, 200 micrograms, sorry. So they had essentially then the same, um, the same thing as the first group, right? So they then also get the treatment um, and then they were followed up. And so at the end of that, there were three people who'd been followed up for 12 months. Okay. Um, so it says in the in the introduction that um, over a hundred micrograms, all doses of over a hundred micrograms produce vivid psychosensory changes. So they would have known which group they were in. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Is my first. Interestingly, thing. they talk about um, active placebos. So yeah. You so there get are a placebo very tiny you, amount of it. Right. Yeah, so I guess this is the um, this is to try. So presumably this is for something like this where they're trying to 
not make people feel like they haven't had the dose is right. to give them something so so, and that, so an active placebo could be something that makes you feel nauseous and stuff because right. you would be expecting to have side effects if you were on the drug i mean with mm. this one you're expecting to have like you've had lsd i was wondering right? if there's something else that it could have given them instead that isn't lsd but similar, also sort, gives of, them. <laughs> similar sort of hallucinations or something but then i just don't understand the data i mean it just doesn't look that's not like a good got... sign people if you write a a paper and susie doesn't understand it well, You've probably done something. To wrong. be fair, well, though, well, how long know. have you spent reading it? I've, no, Susie? I'm just looking at the. I'm looking at the graphs, and the graphs have got extremely large error bars, um, yeah. and um, because they only have two months where they can um, where they can actually say there's a difference between you know they've only got this two month follow up where they're looking at a placebo group versus the non placebo group. Hmm. Right, right? Yeah. or the twenty versus the two hundred, because then at the end of that they put everybody on the treatment. Right. Okay, um, and the error bars are just ginormous, absolutely yeah. gi- like they're overlapping. So, yeah. and what they haven't done is taken each person and showed you what each person's baseline was was what they were at the end of two months, which is what I would expect if you, because then you could see was there a trend that those mm. who were in right. the baseline, you know, it's from their baselines that ones one group were going up or you know. So I can't. It just doesn't. To me, perhaps, that doesn't perhaps look we'll like. Perhaps we'll find um, a, um, a psychiatrist or something and get and follow up with them. Like I guess they say, what they're saying then is at the end of their twelve-month follow up, their anxiety traits are lower than at baseline. But again, do you know what they've done? It's kind of a bit tricky. Is they've done their error bars, but they've only done half the error bar. Hmm. And what? Yeah, <laughs> so, I, was, I was worried about that. The error bars go up on the graph or down on the graph. Yeah, but not both. Yeah, because if they that? did both, then you'd see you'd how see they how were overlapping. <laughs> it just looks a little um, dodgy. It just does look a little bit dodgy to me. Mm. There's a whole. I lot wondered of other how stuff you get it. You, you get an error bar that that only goes one way. That's yeah. It's just because you've just um, wow. You've just removed the other error bar from the graph. That's it's not yeah. <laughs> but I just don't. Um, you have to uh, wonder why they did that. Yeah. Well, mm. it's possible so they didn't want it to overlap because it would look messy, maybe. But mm. I mean, just you can clearly see that the gap between the two data points is more is less than the error bars themselves. Yeah. 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 I mean, but, I can see that, and I I know nothing about stats yeah. or something. Yeah, so it could just be statistical study noise. or anything. Right. Yeah, and so, even so, for okay. example, things like their heart rates. Um, so they've got their measurements. Their heart rates at zero are different already between the experimental group and the placebo group hmm. and that difference then kind of stays so i don't know it just all looks a little bit well, like <clears throat> let's call it um an area for further research we'll follow but up. not particularly convincing <laughs> it doesn't look very and convincing. i should probably point out that the website we're getting this article from is themindunleashed.org uh full disclosure there so god knows not what their agenda is right but the article is is a good article it's a fair article um, but and they mentioned that the sample size was small, although they say just 12 people. When you're telling us it's actually, what, three people at the end? Uh, three in one group and six in the other. Right. So it went from 12 yeah. down to nine okay. who were well, followed, over the, who were followed over the yeah. 12 months. So it needs a larger re- no, larger sample size, needs well, uh, I, longer I d- research. Well, I just think that they, they could have presented... 
it just makes me wonder why they didn't present each person individually when they've got so few patients. Few people. You yeah. could show exactly what each person was doing. They're their own control. They have a baseline and they have an end result. So yes. what did each person do? And if Particularly there's actually, something like this where it's it's therapeutic for stress, yeah. you can say, well, you look, this see what guy each was really doing. stressed out and now he's not. Yeah, not this kind of nonsense means with standard errors about the mean. I mean, that's just mm. that's just bad stats. Bad stats. Bad stats. That'll be another section. Anyway, but this leaded me onto the story I wanted to talk about. <coughs> leaded? Which leads onto the... So talking about using LSD for anxiety, um, a story that I've been looking at this uh, week um, involves our gut instinct. So I kind of think this is sort of interesting. So, you you know, we have this thing apparently where um, you kind of feel in your gut that something's not quite right so um, have you guys ever felt this you know when you you might be maybe I wonder if there's a gender thing to it so if you're walking you know um, to your car at night and you might hear footsteps behind you you know would it make you feel uneasy no, not really. I might turn around and have a look. Okay. I know, I know what you're talking about. I can so, imagine what you're so talking there's about. This, but there's also the sensation that when you're feeling slightly uneasy, that you feel it in your gut. In your gut, as yeah. well. So Down this, low in yeah. The, so there's sort of thorax. gut feeling. Mm. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You start to feel a bit queasy. Yeah, absolutely. Have you never felt that? Well, I guess. I mean, would, are you describing butterflies in your stomach when you're nervous, or specifically well, so as a specifically the, as a fear response, though? Yeah, right? but that could be the same thing. Well, the, the point is. Okay, I'll get to my point. Okay, make a the point. The point is that the vagus nerve connects the brain to the stomach right. and actually to a whole load of other organs. And it doesn't just send information and, one way. And what way. happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't just send information one way, right? It doesn't just send information from the brain to the organs. Information actually travels the other way. And what, they, what they've done in a study in rats is taken rats and, um, and snipped the bits of the vagus nerve that are sending information from the guts back up to the brain. Right. So they're essentially getting rid of this gut instinct, okay? And then they tested um, the rats for anxiety. So it's kind of cool how you can do this. Yeah. Um, so one of the tests is called, um, I think it's called an open maze test or something, where you, sorry, an elevated plus test maze test. So what you do is you have um, uh, like a big plus sign mm -hmm. and a, um, made out of plastic and it's about 85 centimeters off the ground, so kind of like waist height. And two of the arms have got um, high sides and two of the arms haven't. And they put the rat in the middle and then they have a camera above and they film for five minutes where the rat spends their time. So the less anxious the rat is, the more they will explore the open, the open bits of the maze. The more anxious they are, the more they'll stay in the bits with the, the, the high sides. Right. Yep. Then there's another test they can do where they basically have a big kind of like arena with really high sides and you put a bright light on it. And then again, they film, does the animal spend most of their time on the sides where it's kind of shady or do they come out and explore the inside where it's bright? Hmm, right. So again, if they're less anxious, they'll come out. Right. And then there's another one they can do about food choices where um, apparently rats don't like, um, or mammals in general, don't like foods they haven't tried before. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, and so they, they, um, they'll give them uh, Kellogg's Frosties that they've not had before. Uh, and so apparently the less anxious the animal is, the, more, the quicker they'll go and they'll explore this new food, especially because they're hungry because they've yeah. been starved for a few hours. Right, so what they found is that in the animals that have had their gut feelings removed, so like they've had this vagus nerve part snipped, right. the animals were less anxious. 
right? They spent more time in the open bits of the maze. They um, more time in the bright lights, and they took quicker. They were quicker to go and explore this new food, mm-hmm. right? So that there is something yes. about this the gut feeling. So is the implication here that this gut feeling is actually a feeling that's originating in it, the it's, gut? It's, yeah, well, it's, it's or in that area. In that area. Um, and it's so presumably from stimulation from something else, hmm. um, but it's making us more anxious. So I wonder whether perhaps um, instead of uh, LSD, they could there could be another treatment <laughs> that might involve the vagus nerve. Well, so but we was... could we could cure your um, <laughs> new novel food phobias by organising <laughs> an operation to snip your vagus nerve, knock yourselves out. But I just thought that was kind of interesting. That's fantastic. That, um, yeah. That, that this gut feeling does exist, yeah. Hmm. Um, and and then when you get rid of it, there's less anxiety. So says the animal test. Anyway, oh that was kind of fascinating. Awesome. For me. So so there's some science. Moving on really quickly to New Zealand, and there's one thing in here. Um, now remind me who this is. Well, so this um, honest universe oh, well, that's is Mark Hanna. Thank you. Yes, it is. Um, so, Mark Hanna has been researching the ACC. Um, this is, well, he's just reporting on the... This on, is gold. Put yeah. up uh, okay. official information You guys know more request. than I do, apparently. Better get that right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, he put in a request. It's really easy to do. Um, yeah. That said, please can you tell me for each of the last 10 years how much the ACC has paid out for each of the following services? Acupuncture, chiropractic, osteopathy, na- um, naturopathy. 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 Um, on the 20th of May, ACC responded with a big table that had financial year going back to 2003 with um, osteopathy, acupuncture, and chiropractic. Um, naturopathy is not an ACC-funded service, so they it say so they didn't, they didn't put that information in. But, yeah, so, wow, how much they spend and how much they've... so. Shall we, to, shall we oh, go through this yeah. table? So, <laughs> go on, well, just a general trend is amazing. So, 2000, 2003 and 2004, the total spend was 18 million. million. Yeah. 18.6 yeah. million. 18.7 million almost. 6, 6 million on osteopathy, 4 million on acupuncture, and 8 million on chiropractic, yep. roughly. In 2012 and 2013, a total of $43 million. Yeah. 10,000 osteopathy. Oh, no, nearly 11 on osteopathy. Nearly 11, Nearly yep. 20 on acupuncture. And, and just over 12 on chiropractic. Which is... So acupuncture wow. is the one that seems so the f- hugest Yeah, four and, and a half times increase in yeah. 10 years. So the acupuncturist must be having a party. Well, they probably just think it's normal. Well, well it's gone up from, from four to nearly $20 million in, mm. in 10 years. Well, maybe I should change professions. <laughs> Yeah, we have that conversation just about every time money comes up, and we've all decided that we've got this annoying ethical. Um, what's but then there's an interesting from... there's an interesting little twist to that, and that's um, that apparently in 2009, the um, Nick Smith, who was ACC minister, uh, questioned this kind of ballooning bill and said that the effectiveness of these treatments would be reviewed, but no review has ever taken place. Hmm. Well, ACC said no review has ever taken place, which we have no reason to doubt that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, well, so it's a a lot of money we're wasting, presumably, on um, treatments that have been proven not to work. Oh, and then there's this official ACC document, which which I thought was particularly interesting. 
um, to be used by ACC registered acupuncturists. Um, And the official ACC document, I just want to emphasize that because it includes statements such as the following. Acupuncture relieves pain by treating stagnation of qi qi and blood qi and blood in the affected areas and channels. Qi is the vital force of life, which is the material substrate of the universe. Brain is considered to be the same in substance as marrow, and the kidney produces marrow in this official ACC pamphlet or document. Um, presumably, they've just been given this information from... Um, <coughs> from from a, natural... A, a TCM or <coughs> acupuncturist or something. Mm, and just included it. <sighs> and just sort of thrown it in without asking any questions, but... It kind of makes you wonder what sort of people are working at the ACC putting this material out because surely they should know at least a little bit about the methods that they're providing. Mm. So the thing is, though, that if they didn't have that, if we didn't have ACC funding, acupuncture and whatever else it does, then would we be spending the money on something else? Yeah, presumably. I mean, the the idea of ACC is if you get injured they'll pay for some sort of treatment. Hmm. So if you weren't getting acupuncture... you'd be getting a more worthwhile treatment. You'd be getting physiotherapy instead, <clears> chiropractic <throat> physiotherapy. I mean, that's probably acupuncture would be for pain or for that sort yeah. of thing, right? So you'd expect that to basically translate into $43 million for physiotherapists, yeah. possibly the occasional doctor. <clears throat> um, but still, it's, it's, it is... Well, okay... It's wasted money, but there's probably at least a. There's got to be some sort of a placebo effect. So if this, if these are people who have back pain, um, OOS, RSI, this sort of thing, presumably some of them are taking this money, giving it to the quack, and walking away with less pain than they had before because of just pure placebo and whatnot. Sure. Um, yeah. So it's not necessarily. But my point is that if, if would we yeah we'd, we'd be spending the money anyway. It would it, it would certainly make more sense to spend it on actual proven modalities. Mm. Like I suppose the fact that uh, ACC pays for acupuncture then gives ac- acupuncture an air of credibility yeah. that mm. they wouldn't otherwise. Which have. then other people would then yeah, go and, and say, so oh, well, well, ACC well, thinks it must it be works. a valid treatment, so I should go to yeah. acupuncture mm. for my pain or chiropractic or osteopathy. Yeah. yeah. Still, um, one of the comments on um, the article was that ACC spent in one year $2.6 billion on claims. So we're talking about $43 million out of $2.6 billion. It's, right. it's kind of like Small a drop percent. in the bucket that yeah. they're spending on alternative health measures. But yeah, but it would a lot be nice of, if they didn't. Yeah, but not, um, don't forget that the ACC is not just about treatments though it's also about um don't they pay money to people if they've then had an injury that, yeah sure yeah, yeah, you know becomes yeah. their essential so, wages yeah so you wonder how much is the acc paying people's salary and versus um hmm. paying for actual treatment hmm. a comment here from gold in the comment section just for the record the request for the total was misinterpreted i was after the total spend for the year so as to determine the percentage each of these had contributed and what we got was the total of the three columns. Um, yeah, we can add up numbers. Thanks. You don't have to. Um, but you said that you saw the total spend. Was that in the article? Um, or in the blog? Don't know. Okay. 
because uh, it was also on stuff.co.nz. Yeah. It presumably yeah. came from a newspaper. Which newspaper? Does it tell you? Um, Just the press. the press. The press, which is what Christchurch, isn't it? That's Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. All right, well, there you go. So, well done, the press. I actually haven't read this whole article all the way through, but it looks like very much... Hmm. Anyway, we'll put a link and you guys can read it and decide for yourselves. So maybe the current minister should be pressured. The yeah, well, it did say so the, um, who refused to comment, apparently. So. Mm. Mm. Oh, and also just congratulations to Mark and all of the other um, sceptical activists who've been getting more and more ASA complaints. Um, and are they having a regular meetup? They are, I believe. Uh, we should probably be promoting that. And were we going to promote the um, the other podcast? Oh yeah, what other, pod- other podcast? Yeah, yeah. Uh, other podcast? I don't know. What, I don't know what I'm talking about. Sorry. Yes. Just don't do know where that came from. No, do the other one. <laughs> um, so there's a new a new kid on the block. Um, a new New Zealand sceptical podcast. It is called. Skepticism Today. Skepticism Today. And it is by some of the skeptics in Wellington. And uh, they are going to do it, they tell us, weekly. Just to try and prove to prove a point or something, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm sure it's not they, that, Nathan, but yes. Anyway, good luck um, to them. Uh, absolutely. No, if they can do it, if they can pull it off weekly. I mean, the skeptics, the SGU do it, and I have no idea how, but um, perhaps uh, skepticism today. Yeah. Skepticism today uh, mm. will also be able to do it, and um, yeah, that'll be great. Um, although we we use the word unnecessary, it certainly is uh, a good idea to have more information out there. Um, particularly if you can get people. Yeah. Anyway, so um, right. new new probably should have done under announcements, but there you go. New you podcast. Ah, that's too much effort. Too much effort. Delia, do you have a device? I do. <coughs> I thought long and hard about this month's device. Um, I found I found a brilliant one um, for um, just another kind of quack-related device that, that people can buy. Um, but I decided, I found another one, and I'm going to do this one, um, because I can't decide whether this is real or not. Um, if it is real, then it just shows that the homeopaths um, can be as taken for a ride as the rest of us. <laughs> so, oh um, no! Oh my God. It is uh, the one that I want to talk about is um, a remedy maker for homeopathy, <laughs> and to to be honest, the number of devices on this website they look like a bunch of engineers have put together <laughs> some devices to sell to people. Yeah. Um, the, this one in particular is just marvelous. Um, so let me describe it to you. It's um, it's like a little box with knobs on it. Um, and then it's got When you two... say like a little box with knobs on it, that's pretty okay. much what it it's is. A, it's, a, it's a box, a box with, with knobs, knobs on it. it. But it's also got two um, areas without knobs, <laughs> and one of which is very large and green and the other one of which is sort of smaller than green. And the idea is that you're supposed to put the, um, the mother sample of this large <laughs> donor plate and then you put your recipient blank bottles, powders or tablets on the smaller plate... And then by twiddling the knobs, you turn... Infuse the you, essence you infu- of Yeah, you infuse the essence. This, hang on just one goddamn minute. Yeah. You're telling me that there are homeopaths that are buying this box and are literally not doing the one thing that they're supposed to be doing 
that is diluting a substance into another substance. But All I can say it. is I cannot I cannot speak for every homeopath, so I don't know whether every homeopath shakes their stuff against their leather Bible or whether they would choose to um, buy a <sighs> Mark One remedy, remedy maker, maker from um, radionic subtle energy and vibrational medicine people. Wow. Um, I can't say that, and I couldn't actually find any any prices for what they are. Seriously, though, if you had the option of buying this machine or spending hours and hours and hours shaking test tubes, assuming you believe they both worked, mm. which would you do? It's not a it's not a huge yeah. Well, jump it depends which assume. is cheaper, slave labor or um or the machine. Yeah, it's super expensive, I suppose. Yeah. I, so, I I've I've had a look at the About Us page on the site selling this machine, and the guy looks like a true believer from the description of, no. of what he has done. Okay, it's it's, it's hard though. How how so, do you okay well, go the, through the, the process? Like, wait, stop! Because there's just so much more to talk about. <laughs> just stop. Okay, so um, you can buy various um, uh, kind of various types of this device. I love the ones that have got a little window with a crystal in it. A photon chamber, you mean? No, there's no there's oh, the a photon chamber and a crystal and fo- window. Oh my yeah, god, yeah. So it's got, got a little window both. with a crystal in it. <gasps> what I loved about this is that there's a, there's obviously a dial that allows you to change the frequency plane, right, for your potentizer. So you yeah. can there's eleven levels. Of course so there is. 1C, so that's the, yep. what, the 1 in 10 dilution. Uh, C is 10. No, one, was it 10 C, or 100? C is 100. Yeah. So, one, so 100. 1C, 3C, 6C, 12C, 30C, and then it goes on. There are also some other other options, presumably your extra options, which are CM, whatever that is, MM, um, etheric, astral, and causal. So you can oh, move your your um, thing to the astral plane as well. <laughs> you can make a tablet, presumably, with astral, astral type. Or possibly with astral substances. Oh, or and astral pull substances. pull that out oh, into your thing, maybe. Maybe. <sighs> maybe. Um, it also can restructure water. Oh, of course it can. Uh, makes miasmically clear drinking water. Um <laughs> You can. What are the other things you can do? Oh, it just—it's just—it's just amazing. I, I'm just kind of like gobsmacked. There's also there was another bit that you can. Um, where is it? They can add uh, some other stuff. There were like some some other some other optional e- extras which involved. Um, oh, I've lost it now. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Miasmic shielding. So you can use huh. a Chartre labyrinth or sacred geometry or invocations oh, too. Of course you can. <sighs> It should incorporate all of those, so presumably you might be able to do them all at once. Wow! wow. Yeah. Impressed. So, so uh, yeah. So, um, this is this is for homeopaths. So, <sighs> there you go. The clever people who make these little little things with. Oh yes, here we go. Sorry, I've seen the one. The advanced remedy maker is the one that's got the crystal window and the photon chamber. Yes. Yeah, and then some little counter and and one, two, <sighs> three, four, five little silver dials and then some other some little knobs and, and buttons oh, you got to look at these pictures these are pictures all but we'll assuming this guy is genuine as we'll as put it up with a, with a do not link yeah thing. Uh, if we can be bothered we will <coughs> um otherwise Susan how do you ca- go through the process of constructing this box and deciding this is the box that is mm. going to do what you claim i would love to see inside it because exactly <laughs> i mean i mean what what how who what yes 
I'll tell you what though, if I if I was making this box and selling it to homeopaths and I am serious, tempted. seriously <laughs> tempted, um, I probably wouldn't put a photo of me. I'd probably get a stock image of someone who looks like a believer and I'd put that on the website. So the photo of the guy, not necessarily a, an indicator of of anything. Much like a lot of the indicators on this box. LCD oh, screen and a little... <laughs> What do you call those things, Craig? The flippy number dial things? Physical number dial well, that you can change? Counter. counter? Right. Yeah. Mm. Amazing stuff. Oh, oh, right, right. Yeah, so you oh, dial, so they're only a few thousand dollars. Yeah, well, yeah so that's right. By, the guy's based in Canada, so you have mm. to factor in the exchange rate. But, um, yeah. Wow. That well, seems I, reasonable I, to me. If you were you a get full-time... the donate button working on the... Um, <laughs> on no. The... Shall we buy no, one? No, uh, I didn't. So... <laughs> um, but when we do, donate us some money and we'll... I mean, why? Why would we just make our own? Christ. Buy one of these shit. $150. So it's got... A, what's wonderful about the price thing is it's got all the kind of optional extras. Yeah. So you can play... That's the photo at the bottom, um, presumably. $50 for a beaker. What? Um, $150 for a magnetic acupuncture zapper coil. Which emits magnetic pulses similar to an on on demand on damned device. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, 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 <laughs> I oh. love this. Two hundred dollars for a pendant or amulet. It's got a rechargeable nine volt battery for portable or emergency use. <laughs> <laughs> you so you can stick it in ambulances and they can get their homeopathic remedies on the flight. See, that's way more efficient than actually having a whole lot of homeopathic remedies in the ambulance. Oh, because all I'm seeing now is the um, you know the um, Mitchell and Webb with a bit homeopathic of the Homeopathic ER. <laughs> yep. That would be that yep. would be perfect. <laughs> anyway, Give me a there homeopathic you go. ale. I think I have outdone myself this month. I'm mesmerised by this website, Susie. I I don't know that I can move on to the next thing because I don't want to close it. (sighs) All right, moving on then to the wrap-up things. Uh, Craig, you've got a quote for us. I do, I do. It is, I think the popular view of science is a solid body of truth shared by the whole of learned men in a room by a whole lot of learned men in a room all agreeing on the answers to the questions of how the universe works whereas nothing could be further from the truth one truth that I see emerging from the history of science is that the experiment has always surprised theorists Einstein included and that was said by Dr. Brian May Brian May who is an astrophysicist the Brian May from Queen or a different Brian Queen yeah I was just listening to um, the SGU the other day and they they brought that up I had not I didn't no idea that Brian May was a physicist, apparently. Oh, really? Oh, oh that's a commonly that's like known fact. That's the famous thing like, about him, yeah. apart mm-hmm. from the fact that he was you say a so. queen. Right. Yes. I didn't know. He went right. off and so, did a PhD. Or did yeah. he do a PhD before? Oh, I think, yeah, oh. One or the other. Don't know. Anyway, so important. you don't even know. It's not that well known. Well. I, mean, no, well I know he went we off and did a PhD. I can't remember whether he did it after Queen or before and then came back to physics afterwards. He's not, of course, the only rock star physicist. He has actually been Chancellor of a University recently. Interesting. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Okay. What's our word of the day, Nathan? What's word, our of the word of the day. day? Okay, I thought I'd do a tricky one. Um, today's word is knicknackatory. Ooh. Nick-nack-atory. It sounds like something to do with knickknacks. Mm. So, um, place place where you store your knickknacks. Yeah. All right. All right. Oh, you bastard. Or am um, I? Or am I? Am I? Uh, wine in front of youing. What? What? Wine in front of me. From um, Princess Bride. Oh. Is it the wine in front of me or is it the wine in front of you? It ah, could be double okay. double bluffing. Uh, okay. All right, so what say it again? Nick Nick Nakatori. Nick Nakatori. Oh, yeah, well, I don't think that my definition is actually going to be correct, but 
Okay, so you think it's somewhere you put your knickknacks. Um, Tell you where you can put your knickknacks. <laughs> um, all I can see are those. I don't know where you know, probably didn't get them here. Um, knickknacks are a type of. Um, I'm going to call them crisps. Yeah. Uh, you'd like them, Nathan. They're a kind of cheesy thing that look mm. a bit like Twiglets. Is it a cheese flavored um, corn snack? It is. Cheap. Well, was it was it a was it a corn snack or something else? But <laughs> it was certainly something like that. Knickknacks, and you ended up with your fingers all covered in orangey stuff. A bit like the cheesy whatever they are. Oh, twisties. Twisties. Oh, yeah. cat, careful. Twisties are good. Anyway, so put us out um, of misery. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. Oh, oh, right. no, so, got a, um, that's not that's not Susie's guess. Uh, Nick Nakatori. I think it's something to do with breaking something. Breaking something. Yeah. Okay. Nick Nakatori is a collection of knickknacks. Oh, <laughs> I did say that at first. Well, I think you both said it was something to do with knickknacks, but your final guess. Was. Well, that's only because he'd taken the. Oh, wow. oh I, I think don't see any reason. Point for that. Um, okay, remind me what yours was. Something to do with breaking things. Yeah, breaking knickknacks. Mm, a collection no. of broken knickknacks. No, no points for Susie. Uh, I'll give Craig. Do I give Craig a whole point oh, for I that? So. No, yeah. he stole mine. I was the one who huh. said knickknacks first. No. I don't oh, believe there's anything in the rules bastard. that say you can't both have the same basic answer. Oh, and then which case um, I would have. Which would have got okay, a point each. I think I'm going to be generous and give Craig a whole point oh, for a uh, place cheated. to put. Place well, to put. Quick on the dead. Yes, indeed. Um, so, point for Craig. Well done, Craig. What? Thank so, you. Um, Are we keeping score? I'm keeping score, yep. Um, wow. This box with the dials is awesome. <laughs> anyway, wrap <laughs> um, up. End of the show. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for coming uh, and... Blah, 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 whatever. You have been You've been listening to. to. You have been listening to the Completely Unnecessary Skeptical Podcast. Uh, if you'd like to send us a message, you can use the contact form on the website or join us on Facebook, uh, cusp.org.nz or facebook.com slash cusppodcast. Okay. <coughs> so, um... Oh, God, that scared the life out of me. Oh, is <laughs> What? There's a spider. There's a spider. Um, so our guest table. speaker for this week is a small spider. <laughs> that is, She's missing that, one of its legs. Is it, is it an incy wincy spider? Yeah, it's got a missing leg. It's a cripple spider. So it's Don't. approximately... <laughs> <laughs> how, Including how, the legs? How, how big is it? <laughs> I'm keeping score, yeah. Um, we'll put it up on the website um, or something. She's chewing the cat your is bag. chewing your bag, Nathan. That's she? okay. That's fine. I think you'll find that that is a thing for cats. <laughs> the cat's having a good time. <laughs>